The material shared within this podcast is based on the personal experiences and learnings of the presenter. Coloplast has paid the presenter for sharing this information. Nothing within this podcast is intended to be used as medical advice and or used to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome to the Coloplast Professional Bowel and Bladder Matters Podcast, where we explore various important topics related to ostomies and continence. I am your host, Nina Willen. I am a certified wound ostomy continence nurse and clinical consultant with Coloplast. Today's podcast guest is Jan Colwell. Jan has been an advanced practice wound ostomy incontinence nurse for 40 years. Her practice is at the University of Chicago Medicine, where her primary responsibilities have been the care of patients with fecal and urinary diversions and managing the outpatient ostomy clinic. She is a past president of both the WOCN Society and Friends of Ostomates Worldwide USA. Jan is the co-editor of the ostomy section of the Journal of Wound Ostomy Incontinence Nursing. She has edited two textbooks on ostomy care, has multiple publications related to ostomy care, and has lectured on ostomy patient management nationally and internationally. Jan, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so excited to talk to you about transitioning from a nurse to a WOC nurse and what you need to know for that. So I understand that you precept and mentor nurses training to become WOC nurses. And so I just want to talk about how a nurse who's interested in becoming a WOC nurse would move through that process. So first question, uh, for instance, what type of and how many years of nursing experience would you recommend for someone? Well, I don't think this WOC nursing is an entry into practice kind of role. I think that someone needs to have some probably med surge experience to get a good handle on how to manage patients overall. Because as WOC nurses, we do manage patients with specific types of issues. But as a nurse, we have to look at everything. We just don't look at their wound or their continence issues or their ostomy. So having a few years as a med surge nurse in acute care probably makes the most sense to me. It also kind of helps people focus onto what they really like because nursing is so broad that there's so many areas that we can go into. I think it makes sense, even though someone might go into nursing thinking, you know, I really like WOC nursing, they may be surprised because there's so many opportunities. So I like people to take a little bit of time and have some basic floor nursing under their belt before they consider WOC nurse education. Totally makes sense. What do you find typically draws nurses into this specialty? It's a very good question because I think everyone comes with a slightly different story. But I think the overwhelming part is the interest in clinical nursing, in bedside nursing, in helping people manage a condition or helping to problem solve patients. And I think the other piece that drives us into this profession or this specialty is um, our need to educate. Um, I think we uh, overall love to educate our patients on how to manage themselves and how to get back to their their usual way of living. So I I think it is the clinical piece because you know nowadays there's lots of ways for nurses to perhaps go up a clinical ladder. So many of them tend to be management. This is one of those areas where you really can do a clinical job and still kind of get to that autonomous practice, which is perhaps the problem when we're at the bedside. 
it's a, tends to be very tasky. There's certain things we need to do when we're bedside nurses. And I think myself always loved bedside nursing. It was great, but I always felt like there were so many things to do. And I was driven perhaps not always by the way I would do it, but rather by the process that I needed to do. And one of the things that everyone says to me when they make rounds with me or we're precepting or we're just talking about the field is the way that I'm able to plan the care for the patient based on what I see and do it in the way that I think is best. So I think the whole autonomy role really is something that um, most of the nurses that practice WOC uh, nursing really enjoy. How can someone find out more information on the specialty or um, and or available programs? Okay. Well, our educational programs are uh, sponsored by WOCN. So the Woundostomy and Continence Nurses Society accredits all the educational programs. And so they list all of that information at the WOCN.org uh, site. And then there's links to each one of those. So what I usually tell people to do is go to the WOCN site first, because I want people to understand that it's an educational program that they need to finish, and I want them to give a good idea of what it entails, you know, how many hours, um, the clinical portion of it as well, to make sure it's going to fit into to where they are in their life, to also look at things like scholarships on the WOCN um, site as well, because the costs can be a little high for some people, and there's ways really to, to get that covered. And then once they're at the WOCN site and they're reading about the specialty programs, they can click on links that will take them to each one of the programs. And I always tell people, make sure you take a look at it. Take a look at who some of the educators are, the way that that education is provided, because there's so many online options now as well. If possible, it would be great for them to talk to people who have been through the program. And I'm lucky enough to have precepted for the majority of the programs and can frequently put people in contact with other people who have been through the programs so they can get a sense as to how it might have been for a colleague or a peer before they make their decision. And so you mentioned online, um, but there are all, also the on-site um, programs. Can you just expound a little bit maybe on the online versus um the on-site and why somebody would look into one versus the other? Sure. So um, the online programs, which I think are gaining popularity, allow the learner to go at a self-pace. So um, let's say I was a staff nurse who wanted to do this, but uh, and I had every Tuesday and Thursday off, I'd be able to plan to sit down in front of my computer and go through some of the uh, presentations that way. Other of them have that where I can just go at my own speed when I want to, but others have a uh, specific time where everyone calls in and there's kind of group learning. They've gone through the presentation and now there's going to be questions they're going to answer as a group. So some of the, patient, the people that I've um, worked with have said that's really good because some of my um, other students will think of questions I would never think of because sometimes when it's self-paced, you're just it's yourself. You don't always think it through as well as some of your your uh, other students would. And then there are some programs where you can actually physically go to the institution, stay there, and go to face-to-face -face classes with other groups. And then I, I, every, every program is a little different, which is why I tell people who are interested to go and look and really, you know, maybe even send an email to the uh, program directors to get a sense. I know one of the programs now is online learning, self-paced, but then 
one or two weeks are spent at the site doing some clinical work, you know, demonstrating how to do a leg wrap or how to fit a pouch over a stoma or how to do negative pressure wound therapy. So there's quite a mixture, and I think there's enough of a mixture and a delivery for everyone based on their own needs. Super helpful. Thank you. Sure. What are some of the potential challenges uh, that somebody may encounter while they're in WSC school? Well, um, I think speaking both for myself and for my students, I know when I went through the program, there were no options but to go physically to the place that I was having my education. And the program I went to is no longer available. It was in St. Louis. And I needed to live there for eight weeks. That is a huge challenge because I had a full-time job. I liked my full-time job, and frankly, I needed my full-time job. So I had to negotiate what I was going to be doing in terms of a salary for that time period, and I had to find a place to live. So you can imagine there are just a lot of financial and family issues, too. Be away for two months and maybe come back on the weekends if I could afford to do that. And that's why I think it's great that there are a lot of online options and maybe kind of some split options as well. So I think it's really for most of the students I work with some way of balancing out their job, their employment, their family, and then learning because um, they need they need to learn in a short period of time. It's not something that can go on for a year. They need to get it done in a set amount of time. Each program is different and they need to focus because for some people it's new content that they really need to wrap their hands around And then they really need to figure out how they're going to do their precepting, too. And I know we're going to talk a little bit about precepting. So if you think about the programs, the first, let's say, three quarters of the program is didactic. It's learning. What is, how does the GI tract work? How do wounds heal? Why do, what are the different types of incontinence? So it's really intense education. But then you take all those concepts and you put them into the clinical field. And that's where the precepting comes in. So a WOC student needs to find a preceptor. And the preceptor needs to be someone with a fair amount of experience and a good patient population. So when a person goes to spend some time with them, they're going to see a variety of things in their area. So when people say to me, well, what are, what's your suggestion? I need to find a preceptor in these areas. What, what should I do? Well, I usually say to them, um, there's a couple options. First of all, if you're working with a WC nurse in your current job, you need to talk to him or her about the experience and see if they can uh, help you. But you might also want to ask that same person, who in the area might I go see as well? Because just having one preceptor in the very place that you work may not give you that well-rounded experience. You really probably want to go outside. But the WOC um, website has a preceptor listing that a person can go to as well. So that's another place to start. And sometimes you just got to start making calls to different institutions that you know. You may know a, um, a cancer hospital, for instance, is downtown from where you live. Well, you may call and talk to the WOC nurse and see if he or she is willing to precept based on their patient population and, and your needs. Say if your need is... Where you're currently working, the ostomy population is not very high, but you know you need those numbers. You can see if maybe that cancer hospital has a WOC nurse who would be willing to do it. I think that many of us are willing to do it. It's all about time. It's about being able to um, get through the system because 
For instance, I work at the University of Chicago. We're a teaching institution. We really love to have students, but the students have to apply to be able to come. They have to meet certain criteria. They have to have some paperwork done, you know, things that they're going to spend actually coming to our hospital and taking care of patients with us. So they need all the things almost a new employee does. And for some people, that can be difficult because it's blood work and it's making sure your CPR is up to date. So um, just keeping all those things in mind, I always tell people, start looking for your preceptor early so you can identify that person, you can get your dates down, and you can get all the paperwork associated with it done as well. Absolutely. And specific to continence, I just, in my experience, that's been a really challenging area for people to find preceptors. Do you have any suggestions of kind of maybe not your typical places that you could look for continence preceptors? You're right. Continence can be kind of tough. Many of us roll that into our, our role, but don't have all the specifics that need to be met as a preceptor. So um, there, you do have to be in, innovative with this. So it may be checking out the physical therapy department who may be doing some pelvic floor work. Mm-hmm. You may need to think outside the box and say to the preceptor you're currently at, Does anyone do continence care in your institution other than you? So it might be the urologist or it might be the nurse practitioner who's in the urology department who may be able to take a student for one or two days when they're doing, you know, some kind of continence testing. So that continence piece might be a little more PC than spending, you know, 40 hours just with me doing ostomy. But it can be done, but you're right. You actually have to dig quite a bit in most large cities even to find continence uh, preceptors. From your experience, what are some of people's most rewarding experiences while they're in school for WSC nursing? Well, I think the best way to answer that question is to, to, for me to tell you a story of a young man who was uh, making rounds with me. And he was uh, had just finished his WOC educational portion. And he was a wound care nurse at a facility. And they the facility was working with asked if he would get certified, go through the educational program, which he did. And he thought, well, if I'm doing it, I'll do ostomy just because, you know, I'm in school. And he said, I really don't particularly like it, but it was an opportunity. So I did it. At the end of our five days, he said to me, I love working with ostomy patients. I was surprised how much I enjoy that interaction because it was at a different level than he was doing with his wound care patients. And I think that is an ongoing theme that I hear from my students. You know, the first day, everyone's nervous because you've got to put it all together. You know, now I take all those things I learned in the classroom and I've got to say, can I decide what's the best for this patient? How do I manage them? How do I teach it? Very, very nervous. By about day three, they're kind of clicking. And by the fourth or fifth day, they're like, this is really fun. I can't wait till we get into the next patient. So it is rewarding on both sides. I think that the students I work with finally all put it together and realize I've made a really good decision. This is right. I can I can do this. Maybe I'm not a pro yet, but I can do it. And for me, just to see the excitement when they leave or the fact that they may call me or email me in a month and say, Remember that patient we saw who had this? Well, I saw a patient just like it and I knew what to do. So rewarding as a preceptor to get that feedback that, yes, I helped them get a concept that they could apply and now they're taking care of patients. It's it's a great experience. Fulfilling. On it both, is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. 
Um, talk about the certification process for a WFC nurse. So I think that's a really important question because first we were talking about education and the education is obviously very key and the education really needs to be done through an educational program that's accredited by the WOC and society, as we mentioned before. But that is not where a person should stop. When a person is finished doing that, uh, that the class, completing the whole program, they need to now start to study for certification. And each of the programs will help the learner understand why it's important. But it really gives you that credential of a specialty nurse by passing the uh, testing, the certification testing that's done. So in order to sit for uh, the certification test, there's actually two ways to go. The majority of people are going to be completing their WOC educational program. And remember, it's a bachelor's degree in order to get into a WOC program. And then they need to be precepted through that program as well and complete all that and pass that course. And then they can sit for the exam. And the exam covers basic entry-level practice. So it is not at a high level. It is assuring that that nurse has the basic skills to practice as a WOC nurse. Now, keep in mind that you can take each of those tests separately. This is not one test we're talking about. It's three. So that if someone was just doing a wound program at the beginning and putting off perhaps the O and the C, um, they can do the wound uh, certification first. But it's three separate tests. And the majority of people find that they really do know how to take the test and they do well with the test. Everyone, everyone calls me and is nervous. What should I do? How should I prepare? Well, you're prepared. But there certainly are some supportive information that each of the programs can help people prepare for. People can go to the certification board. So the certification board is the Woundostomy and Continence Nurses Certification Board. But that is separate from the Woundostomy and Continence Nurses Society, two separate organizations. So I always send people to the certification board site because they do have supportive information to get people ready. You can look at the content outline. But honestly, I think when people are finished with a program and have done well, doing this is not as hard as it sounds. It just sounds, I think, a little nerve-wracking as getting certified. Now, there is one other way that a person could get certified and it, they call it an alternative pathway for those who are not who have not attended a WOC educational program. But it's pretty stringent. Really, the person coming in in order to take the test needs to have 1,500 clinical hours that are related to wound care, to ostomy care, or to continence care within the past five years. And they also have to be able to document that they've had 50 on continuing education specialty credits, and then they can sit for it. So I don't find many people who are doing that. The majority of people, and I would strongly suggest that people go through the educational programs first. But that certification is, I think, extremely important. It tells the public that we're certified in what we do. It tells our peers that we're certified in what we do. And keep in mind, that has to be renewed every five years. There are several ways to do that. A person could recertify with the testing, or there is a way to do recertification through professional growth points, which is showing that you're keeping up to date in your field. Um, there's a whole site uh, or a whole section on this certification site that could explain that more. I think it's a little beyond what we're going to talk about, but I think it's important to know that certification is done, a recertification actually is done every five years to, again, show that as practitioners, we're current in our field. And I think, like you mentioned, the program, 
that someone would be going through would help guide them towards that certification and all those great resources that you mentioned too. Yeah, I, I think each of the programs really help people understand why it's important and to prepare for it as well so that it's not such a nerve-wracking experience. So what advice would you give a newly certified WOC nurse as they transition into their role? Well, you know, I, uh, I there's several things I always tell people. I always tell a new WOC nurse that they need to find their support in the institution they're in because you'll frequently need that support as you grow the program. Who is it that feels what you're doing is important and needs to continue to do? For some of us, it's our manager who we report to, to other people, it's the colorectal surgery department. Um, For other people, it may be another area, the oncology area. And make sure that that group knows exactly what you do as a WOC nurse. Actually, I would say make sure everyone knows what you do. I think that we have much more visibility than we might have had, say, 20 years ago. But I think it's still very important when a new WOC nurse is meeting people that they work with for them to talk about what they do and what their contribution is. Because, frankly, not everyone understands kind of the breadth of what we do. And it can be very wide depending on how you implement your role. So I think it's very important to do PR, to make sure people know what you do. I also think that it's smart when you're thinking about the patient populations that you could be supporting to have face-to-face meetings with those groups. So, for instance, um, I use the example of the colorectal surgery group. I think that you need to go sit down with the chief and talk to that person about what you're doing and what you bring to the table and ask that person how you can integrate your practices together because these are your colleagues Um, The same thing with the oncology group, the urology group. It could be a five-minute meeting, but just that face-to-face, here's what I bring to the table. I'd really like to collaborate with you. How do you think we might do that? It may not have an answer right away because you have to explain what you're doing, but at least you put it out there that you have a service for people. And I think that early on with your manager, your supervisor, whoever you report to, that you define the expectations of the role early on. You know, when you go to school, you hear about everything you can do, but all of us can't do everything. We have to define what is what we're going to do based on the mission of the hospital, of the home care agency, of the clinic setting, wherever you're working, and make sure you're supporting it. So I think most of us are very gung-ho when we're fin- we get finish a program. Okay, I'm going to do, I'm going to start this and that. But you have to make sure it fits into the program overall. Find where that niche is by doing your PR and having those face-to-face meetings. How long would you say it takes for a new WOC nurse to feel comfortable in their role? Well, you know, I always say to anyone that I never stop learning, and I've been doing this a very long time. There's not a week that goes by that my patients don't teach me something, or I suddenly overhear a conversation of the surgeons talking about something I know nothing about and needing them to sit down and educate me. So I always say to people, this is the great thing about this role. It is an ongoing development in the role, but comfortable. It's a good question. I think that it probably takes easily almost, I hate to put a time frame, but if I had to grab one, I'd probably say at least a year because it takes a while. You know, what I like to say about WC nursing is it is one of the few nursing specialties that's a standalone. And what I mean by that is my oncology colleagues work with an oncology group and they support the work that they do. If they're not there one day, there's someone else in the group who can do that. 
But WOC nursing is so different than anything else. If I was the only WOC nurse and I wasn't there for a few days, there's not another person to refer these patients to. And I think that's the way to kind of look at the practices. We're very much standalone. It's good news and it's bad news because you need to find out where you fit and it's more of a complement than fitting into. So because of that, I think it can take easily up to a year to kind of get through the politics of the systems. Where do you fit? How can you contribute? What exactly is your role? Um, so it takes some time. And I think that can be frustrating because most of us finish a program. We've now precepted with someone who's well-established. We've seen how they've done it. We have an idea how we should do it, but now we have to figure out how we will do it. So I always say to people, give yourself some time, cut yourself a little bit of slack, but remember that your preceptors can be your mentors as well. And they're the people you can call and say, I'm really struggling with this. And we can kind of lay it out together. Maybe as your mentor, I can't fix that problem, but I can help you lay it out. So know that I think there's going to be some ups and downs, at least for the first year after someone finishes a program. So in closing, what would you say is the most rewarding aspect for you as a preceptor for uh, a new WC nurse or someone pursuing WC nursing? Yeah, I, I, you know, I love to see the excitement when someone comes to the clinical field on that first day. That first day, I usually say to the student, you're going to watch more than do today because I want to you to see how I kind of run the practice. And then you and I will talk about each patient and we'll decide, you know, how you feel about how we manage it before day two when you're going to be assigned some patients, we're going to do it together. That first day, at the end of the first day, and we're sitting down, it's like, they're like, oh my gosh, I get it now. I get what they were talking about in school. I think that is so fun for me. And then the next couple, because people are with me for 40 hours, I try to ask them to come for a full week so we can have uninterrupted time together. And the next day, we kind of look at the assignment and say, okay, who's going to do what? And I never quite leave anyone alone the second day either, but they go in and they get the history and physical. Because what you have to remember in my practice, I'm an outpatient at APN. So um, I have the uh, student on day two go in and start to get the history and physical. And then they come back and we talk about it before we go in and see the patient together. And the most fun part is when they say, here's what brought the patient here. And here's what I think we should do. And hearing that they can put that concept together, whether they nail it on the head at the beginning, I don't care. But the fact that they put it together is is really exciting. And then I think the final thing, and I alluded to this in another question, is the person who comes at the end of the week and we do our evaluation together and said, I love working with ostomy patients. I didn't know how much I loved working with ostomy patients until I really had this hands on. So uh, that is just the capstone for me. At the end, it's like, ah, oh, I think we've made a difference here. We have another person who is going to be able to manage our ostomy patients. Yes, I love that. Yeah, I'm right there with you. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me today. This has been wonderful. Uh, my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Bowel and Bladder Matters podcast, part of Coloplast Professional, where we believe clinician education related to ostomies and continence matters. For more educational resources from Coloplast, visit us at coloplast.us/professional.